Our Father, the, the news that you have provided the means by which men and yourself might be reconciled is, is news that we should never tire of singing about and sharing and exulting in. And I pray, Father, that you will not allow us to miss one more Christmas that we might discover that there are more important things than a new microwave. That we might discover that all the gadgetry that is available to us at every electronic store in the, in the country is not going to make us happy. It's not going to fill the void. It's not even going to be meaningful after a few days. It is going to uh, rust and corrupt and ultimately quit. But the thing that makes us tick as people is not that we've gathered more stuff than the next door neighbor. The thing that makes our lives so meaningful is that we are reconciled. Reconciled to God by Christ, by faith in Christ. There is nothing else, oh God, worth reveling in. Even that feeling of sitting in the new car and strutting about town None of it, none of it will fill up our voids, oh God. But only people who are in right relationship to you through faith in Christ. And that, that news of reconciliation is something that we celebrate through these and coming days. Heavenly Father, unite your, the hearts of your people might um, our gladness ripple out of us so that others might see, yes, as much as they might disagree and much as they might scoff at us, that the world can say, there go people reconciled to God. Father, this day we celebrate his birth. We will later celebrate his death. Because he is the one born to die. Might our gifts, O oh God, reflect our gratitude. Tokens of the leftovers, O oh God, mean nothing. It is when your people sacrifice because they are in love with you that our gifts become meaningful. Might you um, prompt in your people a desire to give according to the way that they've been blessed so that you will not bless us according to the way we give. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Hunted people and, um, and I of God. Turn with me, if you will, uh, to the, um, the next chapter of our study in Judges. It's chapter 5. And guys, um, uh, I, I can't do that. Let me read to you chapter 5. It's awfully lengthy, and I was about to skip it, but the most important thing that you'll hear today is not my sermon. It is what you'll hear according to the Word of God. So uh, listen as I read the entirety of Judges chapter 5. Then Deborah and Barak, the son of Abinoam, sang on that day, saying, When leaders lead in Israel, when the people willingly offer themselves, bless the Lord. 
Hear, O kings, give ear, O princes. I, even I, will sing to the Lord. I will sing praise to the Lord God of Israel. Lord, when you went out from Seir, when you marched from the field of Edom, the earth trembled and the heavens poured, the clouds also poured water. The mountains gushed before the Lord, the Sinai before the Lord God of Israel. In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were deserted, and the travelers walked along the byways. Village life ceased, it ceased in Israel, until I, Deborah, arose, arose a mother in Israel. They chose new gods, then there was war in the gates. Not a shield or spear was seen among 40,000 in Israel. My heart is with the rulers of Israel, who offered themselves willingly with the people, bless the Lord. Speak, you who ride on white donkeys, who sit in judges' attire, and who walk along the road far from the noise of the archers among the watering places. There they shall recount the righteous acts of the Lord, the righteous acts for his villagers in Israel. Then the people of the Lord shall go down to the gates. Awake, awake, Deborah. Awake, awake. Sing a song. Arise, Barak, and lead your captives away, O son of Abinoam. Then the survivors came down, the people against the nobles. The Lord came and came down for me against the mighty. From Ephraim were those whose roots were in Amalek. After you, Benjamin, with your peoples. From Machir, rulers came down. And from Zebulun, those who bear the recruiter's staff. And the, the princes of, <coughs> of Issachar were with Deborah. And as Issachar. So was Barak sent into the valley under his command among the divisions of Reuben. There was great resolves of heart. Why did you sit among the sheepfolds? To hear the pipings for the flock? The divisions of Reuben have great searchings of heart. Gilead stayed beyond the Jordan, and why did Dan remain on ships? Asher continued at the seashore and stayed by his inlets. Zebulun is a people who jeopardized their lives to the point of death. Naphtali also on the heights of the battlefield. The kings came and fought, Then the kings of Canaan fought in Tanakh by the waters of Megiddo. They took no spoils of silver, they fought from the heavens. The stars from their courses fought against Sisera. The torrent of Kishon swept them away. The that ancient torrent, the torrent of Kishon. Oh, my soul, march on in strength. <coughs> then the horse's hooves pounded, the galloping, galloping of the steeds. Curse Merai, said the angel of the Lord. Curse its inhabitants bitterly, because they did not come to the help of the Lord, to the help of the Lord against the mighty. Most blessed among women is Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. Blessed is she among women in, in tents. She asked for water, she gave milk. She brought out cream in a lordly bow. She stretched her hand to the tent peg, her right hand to the workman's hammer. She pounded Sisera. She pierced his head. She split and struck through his temple. At her feet he sank. He fell. He lay down. He lay still. At her feet he sank. He fell. Where he sank, there he fell dead. The mother of Sisera looked through the window and cried out through the lattice, Why is his chariot so long in coming? Why tarries the clatter of his chariots? Her wisest ladies answered her, Yes, she answered herself, Are they not finding and dividing the spoil to every man a girl or two? For Sisera, plunder of dyed garments, plunder of garments embroidered and dyed, two pieces of dyed embroidery for the neck of the looter. Thus, let all the enemies perish, O Lord, but let those who love him be like the sun when it comes out in full strength. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God is something that endures forever. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I really had one major point to make, and that's all I'm going to have time to do is make that point. But um, can I say this much to you about the song? Uh, it's called The Song of Deborah, of course. I, um, I had broken it up into three, um, 
or actually four <coughs> subheadings, which I hoped would help you as you studied it in the in, in the future. Um, I, I broke it up into verses one through twelve, which uh, which I called their worship. And you can see in in um, verse two and verse nine, they both end the same way. Even in verse three, you get the same or get a similar thing. It's um, bless the Lord, bless the Lord. In those first twelve verses, what you find is Israel worshiping God for what he has just done. Um, what they are caught up in is, is praising God for all of his deliverances and kindnesses to them in delivering them from their enemies. The, uh, uh, the second section I had was really verses 12 through 18, talking about their volunteers. You'll notice that there were six tribes who sent uh, volunteers to the front, and there were four <coughs> that didn't. Even some of the men handed, uh, handled recruiting. Um, and and uh, there was some who said yes, some who thought about it and said, no, we'd rather stay at home. They were shirkers. And uh, Philip Brooks, in a famous sermon on this subject, on this text, said, they are a symbol of the one who, will, who, willingly, who is willing to see other people fight the battles while he simply comes in and takes the spoils. Um, that kind of spirit, I'm afraid, ladies and gentlemen, reigns in the church today. You've got one group of people on one end who say, well, this, this needs to be done, I'll do it. You, you, know, the, uh, you know the old, uh, uh, what is it? It's a kind of rule of thumb in the church. 20-80, in fact, it's the, it's the principle in the corporate world, too. 20% of the people do 80% of the work. People who are shirkers and uh, are willing to let other people go, battle, go to battle for them. But then they want to come in and take the spoils. Now, I will show you just this, ladies and gentlemen. I want you to notice what God says about one city that shirked their responsibility. If you were here, ladies and gentlemen, listen up. If you consider yourself a shirker, if you're a part of the 80%, then listen to this. Verse 23. Curse Meraz, said the angel of the Lord. Curse its inhabitants bitterly, because they did not come to the help of the Lord. To the help of the Lord against the mighty. Those Sunday school classes that need to be taught and those uh, positions um, that need to be filled on Wednesday night and, and you are willing to, um, to, to enjoy the victories of the battles and take the spoils but are not willing to contribute to the overall uh, ongoing of the, of the kingdom. My friends, God curses you. Judges chapter 5 verse 23. Take a look at it. It is the curse upon you if you are if you are one who is a shirker. I'll let you figure that out. The other the other um, heading that I had is had to do with their victory, and you can see Israel beginning at verse 19 <coughs> and going through verse 30. You can see how Israel was relishing every little tidbit. They talked about the the tent peg and the hammer, and the, they just loved every bit of it. And then, after the women have celebrated this, this most blessed woman, Jael, they scoff and mock at the women, at the mother of Sisera. Remember, Sisera was the, the, the general of the army. They mock her. And do you notice, do you see the picture in verses 28 through 30 of Sisera's mother? She's standing by the window and saying, why is it taking so long for him to come home? Where is he? Oh, I know what he's doing. They're dividing the spoils. And did you see this little statement in there about um, to every man a girl or two? Do you see that? That's what she thought her son was doing. She was dividing, he was dividing the spoil amongst all his fighters. And all the women captured. Every man got a couple of them. Let me tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, Cicero was no choir boy. 
And his mother kind of liked the fact that he wasn't, I guess. But anyway, they mock her. Of course, they call Jael the most blessed of all the women who, who occupy a tent. And then that last verse is the last heading that I had about their, their final prayer. You can see that this song includes this, this wish from the hearts of God's people that his enemies would perish. But let all those who are lovers of this God, might they be like the sun when it comes out in full strength. That's the plea of these people in this song. But guys, that really wasn't, I did want to give you some input about the, the chapter and, and the song itself. But my point was something else. Um, <clears throat> I even have to hasten through that. But um, <clears throat> Did you notice my title? Uh, it really wasn't a very good one, but um, the reason for my title was verse 1. You'll notice, then Deborah and Barak, the sons of Abinoam, sang on that day, sang. And what you have in the rest of chapter 5 is a song. Um, <clears throat> when, whenever Israel was ready to celebrate, she sang. Do you remember in um, Exodus 14, when they crossed the Red Sea, and Moses wrote, wrote the song of Moses, because he was celebrating God's great deliverance. And then a chapter later, Miriam gathers all the women, and she writes a song, and they celebrate the great deliverance that God has wrought. <clears throat> then you come a little bit later and you find David when he's bringing back the, uh, the ark in, uh, in 1 Chronicles 16. He's bringing back the ark and he wanted to make sure that the people of God were caught up in praise and joy. And so he set a man over the, the singers. And, and the text is so wonderful. It says something about so that, that they could resound in, in hearts full of joy. The singers. And then you come to... Um, I'd like for you to see this in um, Ephesians chapter 5, where Paul leaves behind these instructions. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Okay, Paul, what did you have in mind there when you told me to be filled with the Spirit? I'm in verse 19 of Ephesians 5. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. You frightened by um, the fullness of the Lord, the filling of the Holy Spirit, you frightened by that? We must be. Because um, why would you not sing? Why don't you sing? Well, Jimmy, I've got such a horrible voice. Yeah, you do. Like mine. Yeah, Jimmy, I'm, um, I'm embarrassed. For what? You're embarrassed that some of your business associates will see you singing praise to God? Oh, but Jimmy, I don't sing because, um, because I don't know the songs. Well, if you get tender with you, will. Or you can take a hymnal home. We'll, we'll own you one. We'll be glad to. You don't know Joy to the World? You know, ladies and gentlemen, you know how long we've been singing Joy to the World? 300 years. Because in it is, um, is a message. And, and very frankly, ladies and gentlemen, I think one of the reasons that we enjoy Christmas so much is the songs, isn't it? Don't you, enjoy, don't you love the songs? Hark! Hark! <coughs> That's more than I can do. Uh, hark the herald angels sing. Why don't you sing that? 
um, you, um, you don't like that music. Well, too bad. I mean, my goodness, ladies and gentlemen, um, do you have any sense of praise in your heart? Let me just say, ladies and gentlemen, those are all... Let, let me say that some of you got all those reasons, but I want to suggest a possible fifth. Because, ladies and gentlemen, you know where this song came from? It came out of the heart of a woman who wanted to celebrate God's deliverance for her. Every time you see this, the scripture singing, it's because they're celebrating deliverance. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you think my sermon this morning is about singing, you're wrong. If you think my sermon is saying, well, he just wants us to sing louder. That's not true. You missed it. You misjudged me. Here's what my sermon's all about. Why don't you sing? Do you have nothing to celebrate? My friends, if you are here and you are a saved man or woman, you have been delivered from your sin by one of the cruelest acts ever perpetrated on man in the history of mankind. You have been delivered from your enemies by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you're a Christian, my friends, oh my goodness, do you ever have something to celebrate? Then tell me, why don't you sing? Could it possibly be that you have nothing to celebrate? Could it possibly be that the reason that the praise of God doesn't appeal to you is that you don't know this God? Is it, is it a violation of one's masculinity to celebrate? Oh, no, no, no. Why? We can sing the school alma mater. March down the field and da 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 da. You know, we can sing that, baby. And you get enough beer in this and we can belt out Rocky Top. And boy, if you, uh, you get a bunch of our friends together, we can call hogs. But we can't sing praise. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not concerned one whit how well you sing, how loud you sing, and who's sitting around you. Not one whit. What I want to know is, you got anything to celebrate down deep in your heart? Is there anything down there worth celebrating? One of the statements I love by one of my heroes is Tim Hansel. And uh, he received this uh, in uh, on a email one time and it said this until further notice celebrate everything why aren't you celebrating about something why I want to read you one quote and I'll, I'll quit this is from A.W. Tozer now, ladies and gentlemen when I find myself agreeing with A.W. Tozer I find myself thinking oh gosh I must be right then because if this guy says it 
I pretty much consider it law. Listen to this. When the Holy Spirit is permitted to exercise his full sway in a redeemed heart, there will likely be voluble praise first. You know what voluble means? You can hear it. Then, when the crescendo rises beyond the ability of studied speech to express, isn't that great? Then comes song. When song breaks down under the weight of glory, then comes silence where the soul, held in deep fascination, feels itself blessed with an unutterable beatitude. When the Holy Spirit is permitted to exercise full sway in a redeemed heart, you, us, just like Paul said in Ephesians 5, when the Holy Spirit, when we're full of Him, we begin to praise and then gives way to song. And then, gosh, guys, we've still got another step on the other side of that one. When we come to the place when song breaks <coughs> under the weight of glory, then comes silence where the soul is kept in deep fascination. So, um, to my brother and sister in Christ who finds it undesirable to sing, you have to wonder, do they have anything to celebrate? Barak and Deborah sure did. Because they were delivered by God from their enemies. You've been delivered from yours. Then my friends, sing! Sing in celebration. Let's go. Our Father, uh, I do pray that your people will discover that the essence of praise is an excitement over what you've done in their lives. That the uh, that the essence of worship is a heart that is so engaged with this God that they find it their great privilege to celebrate what he has done in some way that is viable to others that people can hear it and I pray oh God that you will work in your people that spirit of worship that spirit of praise and Father if you've led people here today who have not yet met our Savior consequently have nothing to sing about I pray that you will woo them to this Savior who because of his death can offer to men forgiveness oh God it is our joy to see men discover Jesus like we once did in our past give us the privilege of introducing people to Jesus Christ in whose name we pray Amen